0: Hi, boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Strike One by Lori Tripp Peckham. Before seventh grade, I was scared of two things snakes and nosebleeds. I could get a nosebleed at the drop of a Kleenex. If the wind changed, I'd lose blood and small children would run from me screaming. It wasn't a pretty sight. By the end of seventh grade, I'd added two more fears to my list, banquets and baseballs. You see, we had our first banquet in March that year. A guy named Joe asked me to go with him, but I found out that was all he was asking, to go with him. Once we arrived at the banquet, he ran to sit with another girl. I ended up eating with Mrs. Crandall, the school cook. At least she gave me a second dessert. Now, about baseballs. I didn't even know I was scared of them until girls' P.E. that spring. Suddenly, I was standing in the field, watching the sky. A baseball was dropping on me. All I had to protect myself from this missile was a thin slab of leather on my hand. And I'm smart enough to know that a piece of leather isn't going to break the blow of a hardball coming at you 50 miles an hour. What's worse, the other kids weren't even concerned about my danger. Instead of telling me to run for my life, they yelled at me to catch it. I ducked forward, covered my head with my hands, and waited for the impact. Well, you've heard the saying, sticks and stones and baseballs may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. If you believe that, you won't give me much sympathy, because the ball didn't hit me. But some words sure did. Carla, my team captain, turned to Tammy at shortstop and muttered, What does she think this is? Dodgeball? "'We'd catch more balls if you put an empty grocery sack in right field,' Tammy smirked. "'Okay,' I determined. "'I'll show them. I can catch a stupid ball.' The next time, the ball didn't come to me as high and as slow. The batter hit it with a crack, and it whistled through the air straight at my knees. Everything inside me was saying, "'Run! Dodge it! Hide behind a teammate or a tree!' But I forced myself to bend, form a scoop with my glove, and make contact. "'Ouch!' I dropped the burning weapon, yanked my glove off, and looked to see if my hand was still there. It was, but it was paralyzed. It flashed pink and went numb. "'I'm crippled for life,' I fumed silently. "'Baseballs are too dangerous to be played with by junior high girls. They should be used only by professionals.' It took me a few seconds before I heard Carla screaming at me, "'Throw the ball, you moron! Throw it to second base!' You mean she expected me to continue playing in this kind of pain? What kind of ruthless captain was she? I needed rest, rehabilitation, maybe a few days in the hospital doing nothing but watching TV. I bent over, picked up the ball, and tried to give it a hurl. It fell on the ground about five feet from second base. Oh, brother! Carla rolled her eyes and stomped to the ball. She threw it to home plate, barely in time to keep a runner from scoring. I sighed. My hand hurt bad enough. Now I had to deal with my teammates, who would resent me forever. The ball came to me one more time that class period, but Carla had strategically moved Tammy near me. Tammy dashed in from behind, and whack, the ball landed in her glove. Good catch! Way to go! Everyone was cheering her, and it didn't appear that her catching hand hurt her in the slightest. Finally, Mrs. Audie blew the whistle, and we could go inside to English. I hate this moronic class, Carla muttered as she walked with Tammy into the classroom. But I loved it. Poetry and words and stories. Mrs. Warren was a great teacher, too. She always gave creative assignments. We wrote limericks and stories about our childhood and descriptions of one another. Once she wrote each of our names on the top of a sheet of paper and passed the sheets around. On each person's sheet, we had to write what fruit he or she reminded us of and why and we got the papers back with our names at the top. It was fun to think of different fruits to describe everyone. It made me realize that each person is unique, and it was fun to read what everyone said about me. Someone said I was like a strawberry. Another said I reminded them of summer because of my honey-colored hair. Someone else wrote I was like a banana, dependable and with good backbone. And someone even said I was like a papaya, exotic. It looked like a guy's handwriting, too. Today, Mrs. Warren asked us, Have any of you ever wanted to get published? Howard and I raised our hands. So did Sherry and Aaron. Over the next few weeks, we're going to write poems. The Palo Alto Times has announced that it will print the best Thanksgiving poems from area schools. I'm going to send in your poems, and I'd also like all of you to write something for Guide magazine. I looked around excitedly. Published in a real newspaper and magazine? Did I have a chance? Over the next few weeks, I worked and worked on my poems. I thought real hard to find the perfect words to rhyme with roar, tall, and green, and finally I turned in my poems to Mrs. Warren. Then came the wait. After five more miserable days of P.E. and 27 more dropped balls, Mrs. Warren stood before the class with a wide grin. Two students in this class are going to be published in the Palo Alto Times. Isn't that great? Now I want everyone to give a big round of applause for Howard and Lori. Some of my friends smiled and gave the high sign, but I heard Carla mumble, "'Teachers, pets. Who wants to be a dumb poet, anyway?' Then, a few weeks later, Mrs. Warren asked me to stay after class. "'I have a letter here addressed to you. It's from Guide.' I looked at her. My eyes got wide, and my heart began to pound. "'Do you know what it says?' I stammered. "'No?' but I have an idea. Open it. When I tore through the envelope, I saw a letter and a check. Together, Mrs. Warren and I read the letter. It said I had won a poetry award and my poem would be published in the June 25 issue of Guide. Congratulations, Mrs. Warren beamed. I'm very proud of you. The next day in P.E. class, Carla yelled at me about coordinating my eye with a ball or something like that, and she also huffed when I made three strikes and got out. Carla went to bat right after I'd struck out, and as the outfield moved way back, they always moved forward for me, Carla bossed, Now watch how I do it. Maybe you'll learn something. But inside, I knew that I had learned something else already. If I couldn't stand up against a hurling baseball, well, that didn't mean I was useless or stupid. Coordinating words on a page is just as important as coordinating eyes and a glove. For some reason, I thought of Mrs. Warren's fruit assignment, and I remembered how everyone was like a different fruit, exotic in different ways. Maybe baseball wasn't my place to be exotic. When I saw my poem published, it did something for me. I think I tried harder in baseball because I wanted to be a good team player for the rest of the girls. But I never got good enough for Carla. She also complained when I did well in English, though. So I decided maybe I couldn't please her. I'd just have to remember that God loved me just like I was. And one more thing. The next year I went to the 8th grade banquet with the guy who'd called me an exotic papaya. And that was the end of my fear of banquets. My nosebleeds went away, too. Now if I could just do something about snakes.